Aloha kako, and welcome to another episode of Native Stories. This episode is a part of our treaty series, and with me, Nanealo. Today, we will cover the Osage Treaty of 1808 with Jimmy Lee Beeson, and this is the area known today as Lawrence, Kansas. Welcome. Kahe, okache ketashe, tadas kahe da kashe. Ie doe ekipshe kombra zani wame hoi kombra. Hi, my name is Jimmy Beeson. I'm from the Osage Nation Eagle Clan, and I'm a professor at Haskell Indian Nations University in Lawrence, Kansas. Mahalo for coming on. The first treaty that the Wajaji people or Osage people signed was the Treaty of 1808, and that was signed between uh, around 125 uh, Osage men, and and by signed, uh, really they just made a mark like an X, um, along with four U.S. representatives, and there were seven witnesses who all signed this treaty. And out of those seven witnesses, two were, um, quote-unquote, mixed-blood Osage interpreters. So an interpreter would have been going back and forth and talking in Osage and English between the two different groups. Yeah, those were the ones who signed the Treaty of 1808. What happened during that time frame? So around this time... There was the so-called Louisiana Purchase, where the United States government was trying to expand its colonial empire out west. And they purchased the Louisiana Territory from France, who claimed ownership over a vast swath of land that stretched from Louisiana to the north, up through the mid-continent to Montana, or what we know now as Montana. Um, so within this territory, there was large tracts of Osage territory, consisted of what we call present-day Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and parts of Arkansas. And where was it signed? The treaty itself was signed at Fort Clark near the Missouri River, which is north of present-day Kansas City, Missouri. So when was it signed? The exact date for it being signed was November 10th, 1808. But it wasn't ratified by uh, Congress until April 28th, 1810. And why was it signed? Well, um, the why, I suppose, would be tied up in colonization, how treaties were used as a tool of colonization to um, obtain lands or agreements from the indigenous communities they were trying to colonize, right? So... But from the Osage perspective, it was signed because, uh, from their view, they were trying to maintain an amicable relationship with the United States. Um, and a lot of that was based off um, things like trade and trying to create um, a, a trade network. During that time, there was uh, uh, furs were being traded and going being shipped back to Europe. Um, and a lot of the uh, Osages at that time got, you know, used to wanting European goods such as guns, um, uh, metal tools, pots and pans, and things like that. So um, so them signing it, uh, from their view, was a way to maintain that relationship. Um, not every Osage leader 
felt it should be signed. And some didn't even realize that this treaty um, discussed giving away, quote unquote, ownership to the United States over Osage territory. Um, the treaty itself was just one way in which land was taken with a facade of legitimacy as they were interpreted and signed under dubious circumstances. Sometimes there was mistranslations or the government wasn't being forthcoming about the, um, the meaning behind it or the stipulations and what that, what was required of the Osage to, um, build this relationship. And this kind of segues into the next question about how, like, has it been upheld today in any kind of way? No, um, the 1808 treaty itself has not been upheld today. There were nine other treaties signed between the, the Osage and the U.S. government with subsequent ones invalidating the previous ones. The last treaty signed between the Osage and the U.S. was in 1865, where the Osage, um, our people, agreed to move from their Kansas reservation, um, which they ended up at because of other treaties. But the 1865 one required them to move to a new reservation in Indian Territory, which is present-day Oklahoma. And this is where our current uh, tribal government is located. But... Overall, the U.S. stopped making treaties with all Native people, um, at least within the colonial borders of the United States, in 1871. However, um, because we had those treaties, for better or worse, um, it did provide the Osages, along with other tribal nations, with a very minuscule level of political clout, um, that we can use to hold the government somewhat accountable. Okay, so what were the circumstances around signing it? Well, the circumstances surrounding the 1808 treaty, um, so at least with the 1808 treaty, the American government claimed it wanted peace and friendship with the Osage. But also they wanted to, stated they wanted to provide protection to our people from other tribes who were hostile to the Osage. Um, they also wanted to cultivate going back to this trade relationship um, by establishing a trading post within our territory, complete with merchandise, blacksmiths, and um, different kinds of goods, services, um, places they could take their tools or weapons and get them fixed. Um, which sounds good on paper. Um, but however, the underlying reason the U S wanted to establish trade with our people was to exert control over them. Um, Thomas Jefferson had coined this phrase pacification through commerce, um, as part of this policy to make tribes dependent on trade items, Right. So if they created a sense of dependency on trade, then tribes, the Osage, could become more pliable to U.S. Uh, demands by threatening to withhold that trade. Um, 
So to an extent, this policy was successful in making some Osage leaders respond favorably to U.S. demands. And within that time frame, we do see kind of a, uh, I want to say a, a total rift, but there were some Osages who weren't agreeing to that. And um, it's been documented that some of them uh, split off and kind of moved away from other Osages and moved further south to Arkansas, where they had a little bit more um, uh, autonomy and without having white European American traders, you know, meddling in their affairs and holding trade over their head. Um, but also the other circumstances surrounding this was, uh, Osages were protecting their territories from Eastern tribes and, uh, white squatters. Sometimes this involved killing the occasional intruder or stealing from them or harassing them. If Osages found white traders in their territory who were going to take weapons and other trade goods to other tribes, sometimes they would beat them up and take their merchandise um, in one example, a, a white man who was a, a trader was stripped, whipped, and forced to walk naked back to his settlement. Um, and other times they might just get killed. Um, and that was just how they conducted their, their policy and how they controlled their territories. Um, so the fact the U.S. was boasting about providing protection to the Osage in the 1808 treaty... Um, when they couldn't even protect their own citizens kind of reveals how weak their proclaimed magnanimity was. The Osages also fought with other tribes from the East who were pressing into the territory because they were trying to evade American colonization. Um, one thing that is left out of the 1808 treaty is the fact that Thomas Jefferson, along with Meriwether Lewis and William Clark encouraged hostility toward the Osages using Eastern tribes as a kind of paramilitary force acting on behalf of U.S. interests. Indian removal policies forced tribes in the East and Southeast to move West directly into Osage territory. So the basic presumption on the part of the government was that the Osage territory would be the dumping ground for all natives they wanted to move out of the way. So in pursuing this policy, the United States was basically killing two birds with one stone. One, remove Eastern tribes across the Mississippi to the West and subdue the Osage. Um, in some of Thomas Jefferson's writings, he indicates how um, they wanted to stay cautious of having to deal with the Osages militarily because he talked about how, you know, they were very powerful in that area that they were hoping to uh, take over. Um, so militarily speaking, the U S wasn't in a position to fight the Osage along with some of the other tribes in the area like the Sock and Fox. And um, so uh, the next best thing would be to use the tribes they were forcing from the East to uh, accomplish these goals, you know? So essentially Osage territory became Indian territory. And um, so those were some of the circumstances surrounding the uh, signing of this treaty, um, which, you know, uh, when you kind of read it at face value, it sounds kind of like the United States is wanting to develop this relationship and trying to act benevolent, but really they had this hidden agenda and to what level the Osage knew about the Americans using other tribes to attack them or, um, 
you know, to get them to uh, submit to U.S. demands is we, we don't really know, although some uh, some of the literature indicates that they had some idea about it. So, Like I said in the beginning, you're sharing on one of several treaties that had taken place. And next week, we're going to be sharing another. Um, can you just briefly say what that treaty is? Yeah, I wanted to um, discuss the 1865 treaty, um, the one that compelled Osages to move from their Kansas reservation to Oklahoma and the circumstances surrounding that one, because I think that's when that one is also key in terms of um, it leading to our, our current place in uh, within the state colonial state of Oklahoma. It was the last one that they signed to. Sounds good. So everybody stay tuned. And for the next week's episode, for the treaty series. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode of Native Stories, please consider leaving a review on any podcast application that you're listening on. Reviews helps us to get new listeners, grows the show, and helps us to keep putting out new content that you enjoy. Peace.